Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left, where we're seeking to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is Feeney. I'm working with Jeff Sundell on season three of On the Road to answer the question, what does a movement leader look like? This episode features a brother named Ache. You'll also hear Jim Shannon from E3 Partners, who helped put fuel on the fire of what God was already doing. This is a great picture of the role that an outsider can play to help spark movements among insiders in an unreached area or amongst unreached peoples. If you have any questions or feedback on this episode, you can reach me at 321-209-3899. This podcast is open source, so if you'd like to re-release the following interview on your own channel, please contact me. Lastly, if you missed the No Place Left Global Summit on May 6th and 7th, you can find recordings from the main panel sessions and from breakouts at noplaceleft.net slash 2020 summit. They're well worth your time. All right, let's jump in with Jeff, Jim, and Ache. Hey, brother. Ache, um, you know, I was listening to your story a while back ago um, when we were in South Asia together. And one of the things that God's really put on my heart is um, with the coronavirus and many, many of us fasted and prayed for 30, uh, first 30 days of January, first 40 days of January, February. And we were praying for two things, that every single people, every single place would be engaged by the gospel by 2025. And then on top of that, would, that God would raise up these Luke 10 too, but a little more than Luke 10 too. You know, somebody with the Moses syndrome who says, hey, my people need to hear this. Or um, like Paul, who's willing to lay his life down for the sake of the gospel um, anywhere he goes. Or Barnabas, you know, goes back to his people in um, Cyprus. So the, the first question is, you know, I'd say, man, lo- love to hear your story. Because um, when I heard your story, it was the picture of the person that leads the movement. So just just your your testimony of this brother there in South Asia who was seeking and hunting, and then for you, how you came to faith, and then your first couple years until you ran into Mr. Ray, um, the crazy man. So um, anyhow, just, just love to hear that first part of your story. And then I've asked Jim to just sort of step in since he knows you well and you guys have a good relationship. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for asking uh, my transformational story that how God has led me to come to faith and then uh, see the movement today in our own place, in our own locations. So it was uh, 1997 and then I was just returning back, back from my school and one of my friends, actually two of us, we were just riding cycle, bicycle, coming to our own village, from town to village. When I was nearing to my village, I met one person. He was there, and along with him, the two other guys were there, and they were just walking. And then I met. So my friend, he said that, uh, Ache, can you just ask them uh, about their religion? Because they are Christian. And I said, my friend, I'm no longer interested in any religion because if there is a religion, there is someone who is God, why there is so much of fight? Why there is so much of turmoil? Why one country 
fought against another country why there is a you know corruption so many things i started and i said hey you are my friend can you just ask them and then he started to force me and then i stopped i said can you just tell me about your faith and then about your religion and he said you know there is one thing bible tells that jesus loves you and that actually really uh, you know struck me i said my religion my faith say that uh, whenever there is evil act on the face of this earth you know somebody incarnate and kills people who is this god and that actually quite motivated me and after several meetings he gave his address i met him and then uh, one day i happened to meet him early in the morning and he was reading his bible so that was my first actually meeting uh, i met and then uh, i developed my interest reading the bible and slowly after some times in 1997 i accepted christ so that is that is the uh, one thing one part of my uh, life that how i accepted christ and then later he started telling his story you know i had been praying for two years he used to be in one town and uh, the town is actually quite prominent in that area and he said lord i have been working for two years but there is no fruits there is no fruit lord and if by the end of this year there is no fruit nobody is coming to faith you know i will leave this place i will go back to my own place and you know i'm i'm so proud to say that in the radius of 80 kilometers lord choose me to become his follower so i become the first fruit of that area so that is that is how actually lord uh, led me to follow him in 1998 i planted a church a small church and i was nurturing that church so 1998 this man he said you become poor and here you know i'm just leaving this ministry in your hand because my father died so i'm going back and you have to look up the, after this ministry i do not know so much of things you can just think 1997 i accepted christ 1998 he is saying that you take because i am leaving from here and i took this challenge so first time he left and i started whatever i was knowing from bible i started planting a church and the first church i planted so that day i was reading luke 10 in my house and i read that was my first time i still remember and it says that go two by two you know and various other things don't take purse don't take uh, you know extra clothes you know and then wherever you go whatever people they give you eat and pray for the sick so i said lord what you are teaching me and then i read and then i was uh, just uh, i started riding my bicycle and i was going to this uh, house church it was 5 kilometers away and then lord showed me the mountains of himalayas you know i i never saw after that that was very visible open and lord spoke to me i said 
can you see the the glacier of himalayas you have to go up to that place to share the gospel and then with this motivation i started thinking lord how i can go so what i did i went to that house church i met couple of the guys you know and one among them was uh, selling the ice cream on the bicycle so he was selling the ice cream i said hey this is what i read can you stop selling one bee because lord told me to go two by two and he said yes of course i can stop my business for one week no problem and then i motivated another two person uh, whom i had led to christ so four of us it was you know scorching hot month of may and june 1998 no money no extra cloth and two bicycles and four people we started our journey up to nepal so we went up to nepal sharing the gospel we did not know we did not have any tools like today we have two three four three circles you know i'm second lot of actually tools we are so privileged to get but those day in 1998 nothing was there except distributing the tracks and we we managed to arrange some tracks and that is how he put the tracks inside the ice cream box you know full of tracks tied back of his seat and then we started going we do not know where we are going how we are going to eat what we are going to eat but that was actually motivation of which i get from luke 10 first time in my life and i wanted to practice it although i was very new believer but i wanted to practice it and then we went we we shared the gospel up to nepal and nepal was uh, 94 kilometers and then further we went to inside in nepal which was around 10 kilometers so nearly we cross 100 kilometers and in one big we shared the gospel you know shop by shop you know every individuals you know and be slept on the road one incident let me tell you that will you will find very interesting you know we we were going to sleep on the road and then there was one man we said that they are christians but uh, he couldn't believe and then later when we were about to sleep on the street uh, we, we don't have anything to even spread and sleep and we went and then he said you come i will open my house and then we went there and we uh, we we slept but what we did four of us instead of sleeping we were singing and praising lord we were singing and praising lord and he came and he he saw that instead we sleep we are praising lord and he came and he said i i know you you four of you are christian come and have food so that man that night he gave us food so this is how uh, you know one forest after another we went up to nepal we distributed tracks you know and today when i see there is church after every you know three villages after every two villages there are believers so i do not know how they came to faith but one thing i know that we sowed the seed in 1998 so that is how uh, lord uh, led me to come to faith uh, 
and I become obedient. I I started multiplying, and I wanted to see the same look in is exemplified practice in the life of people today. And today, a single man in radius of 80 kilometers, there are 1,000 plus churches in that area. And to be very surprising, I was asking one man who is much elder than me. I said, when did you come to faith? I, I must be thinking that you might have come much earlier than I do. And he said, no, I came in 2000. 2000. I said, yes, I'm still, I am still actually older than you. And so he was in another district. So this is how Lord led me, uh, the power of Luke 10, uh, which I read in 1998. I do not know how, but you know, Lord was so gracious, so faithful that today I see the movement. And if somebody asked, I think it was Jim who asked me, what is the greatest thing, uh, the most exciting things for you? I said, I never ever thought that there would be so many churches, so many baptized believers in this region mm. in my own time. So this is actually a matter to praise God. Wow, brother, that's amazing. Your story and the power of the word of God. and. Man, a couple things I heard was, you know, the brother who was, you know, seeking and sharing the gospel in your district, you know, he didn't give up. He just kept looking for that four soil person, you know, and he shared the gospel and the seed fell on you and uh, you were that person, you know, and then one of the things I hear immediately from you is the obedience, man, you hear the word of God and you go obey it. And there's a lot to be said for, you know, um, when the seed falls on the right person and they're that for soil and they hear the word of God and obey it. And then just your vision, you know, that it started small. I'm going to go share with some family. I'm going to go share in my neighborhood. And then it grew like a mustard seed, you know, again, very common thing to hear. And um, among uh, those that are leading movements. So it's very exciting to hear your story. You know, one of the other questions I have, and this might be where maybe you and Jim more dialogue, you now have raised up many leaders. You know, you've raised up, you know, people are starting a network of 15 churches, 30 churches, 10 churches, 100 churches. So sort of three questions. How do you identify those leaders locally? Two, what do you do with them? You know, what are some of your best practices? What are you doing to develop them? And then three, what do you see the role of the outsider? Love to hear your thoughts. And Jim, you, you jump in there and you guys tag team this, all right? One thing I would jump in and say, you know, Ache and I have known each other for, for a few years now. And when, when we first met, it was really, really apparent to me that the Spirit of God was on that young man. But he had been laboring for, at that time, probably 17 years or so. And I think, Ache, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had about 45 yes. churches at that time. And in a very short period of time, you know, I would go, I would come to visit him and he would say, I'm, I'm, I'm over 150 now. And I would visit him the next time I've got 375 and then I've got 750. And, and that, now you're, you're up, well, almost 2000 churches. And so as you tell this story, Ache, uh, uh, about how, how you've, how you've developed leaders, talk a little bit about what was the turning point? What took you from 45 to 2000 so from 1997 to 2010 
there were very few churches but in 2010 i happened to go to bihar and i was invited at one of my friend's house and i was not knowing that he is also one of the movement leader in bihar and then he invited me and there was one booklet called rad rapidly advancing discipleship and i said can i see my i went on that book can i say that can i see this book and i saw the content and the content say that the seven steps of healthy church you know so that actually again is stuck my mind i said what is this and then i i said i said this is very attractive uh, content is really inspiring me is it okay if i can also have the similar kind of training similar kind of movement in my own location and then he said yes and he started to explain and then he linked me with uh, scott ray as uh, uh, you all know and then that was my first time so after several months i happened to meet scott ray and keith and went to they called me allahabad and then explain uh, this is how and from there be started training first batch people and rad and in 3 month you know i can't believe this actually how lord is having so you know powerful uh, things to do in 3 month this leader they planted 13 churches and that was amazing for me i could not believe i said let us see whether these churches are really planted or not and me and several friends we went it was in month of winter i still remember january extreme cold and then we went and these churches were practicing this method of loop which is in rat the rapidly advancing discipleship so from 1997 to 2000 handfuls of churches but later brother jim he came and then be made and that time i remember when he was there there were there, there were just 45 churches but after we started training developing them you know every year there was double there was double there was double you know and it became double and double and today we see that thousands of churches even in that particular particular region that area in the gorakhpur of gorakhpur area so this is how be we see the movement in our own uh, area in our own location i'm coming back to the point that has been raised by brother jeff that how i identify and this is something i think uh, uh, it's not very easy but not very difficult also everybody is not going to be leader definitely that is there but uh, uh, our goal is that you know everybody should practice the command of christ so what i do is i mainly uh, when we we try to identify we see that uh, how uh, this man is whether he is active or not you know he is having prayerful life or not so 
when our people they go they plant the church there is somebody you know not everybody but there is someone one person two person who has the heart like me you know who has a heart to reach out people up to himalayas who has a heart to go to the next village and be identify them and start building a very good relationship rapport with and be start spending time watching them that how they are doing uh, and sometimes you know even uh, uh, they they are able to they are willing to go out and share the gospel so by this actually we see that how this person is what is his relationship with christ is he after money or just his intention is to read bible meditate and practice whatever he is reading so this is how we start identifying whether he is excelling in his faith or not and so these are the some criteria that this is how we uh, be share and even sometimes uh, i remember my early days when i started my ministry uh, you know i used to take when we were riding the cycles and then we used to go and i will keep on just sharing and when we we will go we will also ask uh, please practice the same which i am doing so that person will practice and if he is really doing excellent we will just encourage and then say well done you have done very good and slowly actually once he take up the things he understand the scripture you know he has a heart to share the gospel and even he is laboring for the lord you know irrespective of whatever he does whether he is working in some field he is doing some job he is a school teacher but he is able to understand the god's word he is having heart and he is laboring so based on this actually we select him and one of the things because we often face in our area that persecution persecution is another a persecution doesn't start from somewhere else but is it is start from the house and we also see that how this man is is stand firm in his faith even when family is opposing when the people are not good to him when the community is not supported to him so these kind of things uh, really help us to identify a person uh, to select as a leader what i hear you saying is at a minimum you're looking for a guy who has a heart for obedience a guy who has an active prayer yes. life a, a, a guy who a yes. guy who is trying to take action on what he's learned he doesn't have to yes. know everything yes. but what yes. he knows yes. he does right yeah now you, you have also talked to me on a number of occasions about one of the turning points for you was when you came to the to the realization that you didn't have to do everything on your own you started giving responsibility to your leaders can you talk a little bit about that was probably pretty scary for you yeah time. yeah yeah thank you so in even in 2010 when when his church started multiplying you know it started growing in number and then i had even 10 years nearly 10 years i had my, in my mind that i am the you know pastor i am the only person who can reach out 
so many people. But in 2010, that was my turning point when I encountered with people like Scott, people like you, you know, and some other friends, and I got the right teaching, you know, the knowledge, the teaching that today I'm able to understand. And that time, actually, I thought, Lord, how it will be possible? I can't do alone. And then even let me also say that one of the person, he said, Achay, you come every time. I was, I was living in Delhi that time. And, uh, but much before that, uh, I, I said, Achay, uh, you come all the times. I said, no, if I come all the times, they cannot grow. So, you know, I started to understand unless I release the authority, I delegate the responsibility, the, they are not going to reach. And that is what actually, I was very good, I was obedient, but I was not having, you know, things, how to release, who to release. But in 2010 and further on, I learned to release authority, delegate mm -hmm. responsibility. So not me, but there are 100 pastors, 100 leaders, mm -hmm. and they, they started multiplying. So that is how actually I started releasing the authority. Mm -hmm. I, Lord spoke to me, unless you release the authority, you are not going to reach. And that is how I, I, I started to do. I'm just coming, I thought uh, to share it uh, maybe a little later. You reminded me. So another point uh, that was asked is uh, how you develop leaders. So one of the things is actually once I am able to identify that this is the person who is going to be appointed as a leader for this particular church, you know, and this is man who is really thriving for his faith. This is man who spent time reading in Bibles. He take out times to go and share the gospel. And he has a heart for people who are dying without Christ. You know, he understand the gospel. He started constantly investigating what this Bible portion says and he started putting into practice. So what I did actually, and my several leaders, they are also following that footprints. One is that, I really being available for them. I spend mm. time with them. You know, that mm. is actually most difficult things I find, but that is how I have seen leaders are developed. You know, when we, when we provide times, when we give our times and build the relationship. And relationship is not just the hello and hi. Relationship is something knowing even much deeper in their lives, their dreams, their family lives, how the struggle leader is going through. So relationship and being available, this is two things. And then this built on further to develop a leader. My early time when I started uh, training them, equipping them, it's not actually a place where Maybe some, somewhere in the training hall, in the conference room, I will come, call and I will train them. I never did like this, actually. <laughs> Today, I'm so privileged that we have uh, resources. God has given resources like 
people who are coming and helping us, training us. But that day, my resource was under the tree, somewhere in the garden, somewhere on the roadside. I'm riding the bicycle. I'm teaching on the way. So this is how I did. And suppose we want to go to 20 kilometers. I have walked. I have ride bicycle. And, you know, I never saw a particular place to bring and teach. But what I did is that by riding cycle, I will keep on teaching. I will keep on teaching. And by that time, we will reach to the house church. And I will ask, yes, I'm going to share the gospel. Please, next village is your turn. So building relationship, being available and testing them how they are doing. When I started training, if person is really interested asking several questions, I feel he's the person who is going to take responsibility. So today, today we call it, I do not know the term model, teach and assist something, the term we use, but this is how I have called. I meet regularly. <laughs> and nowadays, you know, what I do is that I, I phone them, you know, I call them. I just say that, let's pray. Uh, accountability. Even I ask that what you read, what you did. So and encourage them, you know, and giving them vision. You know, what do you think that reaching out that village? What do you think reaching out that particular community? And, you know, this leader, I have seen that uh, they are got trained and they got the vision. You know, so one relative to another, one village to another. And this is how I have. I have been uh, developing their uh, uh, leadership skills, even appreciating what they do. You know, even sometimes you let me tell, even today my habit is, even they make mistakes, I said, yes, you have done great. You know, I know that. My discouragement may kill the entire movement. So I will just keep on praising. Yesterday, one of my leader, Badri, he called me. He was doing relief work you know, COVID-19. And he said, sorry, sir, first time I'm doing, uh, uh, I have made mistake. I said, no, excellent work you have done. <laughs> Very good. He was so happy. He said, I'm so praised to God. People are hearing the gospel. So this is how I, I have been training. I also see whether they are faithful or not. I test not only in the gospel, but I say I see that how they are able to understand you know, how they are able to take it into practice and do they have heart, desire or not. And uh, one, one another things I also see, but it's much later because we know that, uh, you know, uh, even many people whose testimony, whose uh, beginning was not very good. So we don't see at the initial stage and many of us, but I see that how this person is, is his social standing is good or not? Because he's able to motivate people or not. He's a good motivator or not. So this is how I have, uh, I have been developing uh, leaders. It's uh, mm. just over phone, just being available, spending time, reading Bible, praying, fasting, you know, relationship. People, they say that I don't need money. I need your time. Can you imagine? I have been working since 1997. 
So, uh, and all, all these things I, you're describing, Acha, I have seen you do all of those. Yeah. Uh, you, you are so skilled at it. And, and the leaders that you have developed show it. I mean, you, you have, you have, your fingerprints are all over that <laughs> network. Uh, let, let me ask you a question about what, what is the role of the outsider in this? Because clearly you don't need somebody to come in and, and share the gospel. You, you guys do that more effectively than any outsider could do. How has, how has this sort of outsider-insider partnership helped you? And, and quite frankly, where has it hindered you? Where, ha- where have the outsiders pushed too hard in a direction that wasn't healthy? So wh- how, does that, how does that work best? Thank you, Brother Jim, for asking this question. And this is a very good question. I love it. I feel actually God has his own plan. You know, he had planned to choose me, find me out, because book of John says that it is not you have chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I think it is God. I worked 10 years, more than 10 years, and I was not able to see movement as I'm able to see today. And I think that in this journey, I have really find a great help outsider, you know. They have not interfered our plans, but they have really helped us to grow. And more than anything, let me, let me see. One of the things which no doubt that we are so blessed is the, you know, sound doctrines, sound teachings that we have received. Because we are grassroots level people. You know, our people have not gone to seminary, not gone to Bible college. And there should be some platform resources where these leaders need to be developed. And I know that there is no end. You know, I have my own limitation, my own capacity to train them. But there is, you know, far beyond. It's not matter of few villages, matter of 1,000 churches but it is matter of, you know, reaching out total people, you know, many, many more people. And I think in this, the outsider, they have played a great role, you know, providing sound teaching resources. Resources means their time and then their energy, lot of investment in this. I'm not talking about money. Let me tell you that. More than money, I always say that. Another things which I have found is encouragement. You know, when you are standing alongside with me, I feel yes, I have my brother, although he is far, but he is very close. You know, even during this lockdown, we, we are sitting at home. You have just encouraged me. Ache, how can I pray? You know, and that is more than anything else. You know, so that encouragement well done. And I think that this is how I know that we, we would have been moving, but not as fast as today be. So the mm-hmm. outsider people, they have played a vital role in moving the movement very fast, you know. And that's mm-hmm. why even not in two decades, I'm able to see thousands of churches. That I can see the relationship, the encouragement, the time, and whatever I said. You know, you are available. You are there. I know you are very busy. Friends, you know, even here who are helping us, 
and you know i call them they reply and this is what i need actually this is what actually be movement leader we need we don't need actually so much of money we need actually your time we need your encouragement we need something which which really we need to explain our people we need yeah. to learn and we undergo and that's why actually i see that lot of things i used to say that i never learned actually i was i was uh, in seminary i never learned actually this what i have been learning today and that is how i see the movement so movement not in gorakhpur movement in uh, bihar movement in nepal movement in uttarakhand movement in delhi and where did it start it started from one place and how when the outsider they started encouraging us they started translating the biblical mandate of great commission you know which was really translated in our lives and that is how actually i read luke 10 but it was much clear when i encountered with such people like we you what yeah. is really this meaning and i am doing actually uh, much more than i did in 1998 so yeah. this is a this is a what actually i have seen you ask another question in that you said that uh, what is the hinder and i think uh, i haven't find but sometimes sometimes actually god has another plan i, I mean that god has his own plan because his plan is much higher than our plan so <laughs> sometimes actually i haven't seen i haven't seen but it might be when we try to impose no you work this method that method because god knows whose method is the best method after 10 years lord said here is the best method i was invited for a breakfast meeting and i i found a small booklet red booklet and that was the model actually mm-hmm. and later actually uh, a lot of things that came through you so i think that the investment of time encouragement these kind of things had played a vital role uh, in seeing the movement in our places today and that's how actually we are able to reach out many places mm-hmm. our our dreams our vision doesn't end here mm-hmm. and we need more support we no need more encouragement so mm-hmm. that uh, you know one day when you ask me i can able to see that yeah lord has multiply 50 places i got one more quick question for you and then i'm going to turn it back over to jeff you you've, you've mentioned to me on a number of occasions that the the impact that persecution has had uh on on movement and quite frankly you've indicated to me sometimes that it's not always negative uh, in fact i remember you telling me one night that sometimes you have actually prayed for persecution in order to galvanize some of your some of your movement leaders so talk talk us a little bit about the role of persecution in in movement in 2000 uh when we were actually gathering at one place and there was persecution broke i was sharing the message and the mob came you know with gun with the kerosene oil you know and they wanted to burn us i still remember in a small rented room hardly 10 people can sit and we were worshiping there was little 
instrument to play. I had bought my 40 rupees Bible. Please, 40 rupees Bible actually. I still remember the red color 40 rupees Hindi Bible. And that was also snatched. They wanted to beat us, mainly me. They said that how you come to, how you become Christian. You are from this community. We can't believe. And they were trying to beat. But the believers, the village, tried to help me to escape, like Paul escaped one time. And then I escaped. I still remember there was paddy, paddy season. Sorry, wheat season. Wheat. And then, you know, to reach out main highway to catch the transportation to go to main city was nearly 10 kilometers. And I walked and walked and walked and walked two hours and we escaped. Nobody can see the wheat is big. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm short. So nobody can see. And then the, another man was too short. And then two hours, we went to main highway. We went to Gorakhpur. One year, there was no service. There was no meeting. You know, you can imagine that in that way, persecution broke and I was praying Lord what is going to happen I was kept in one place for one month that time I was doing my bachelor of arts and then I was kept so that I can be survived because persecution broke they were finding that who are the people everywhere and it became a great turmoil it came in the newspaper in, it came in the various uh, television telecast. I went to file the FIR to a police station. And the SHO, the head officer asked, what is your name? And I said, my name is this. What is your name? They said, my name is Mark. My name is Luke. The people from Gorakhpur, they wanted to help me. So they came along. And he said, do you believe that your Jesus will save you? You know, you know the problem has come. People are after you. <laughs> I said, sir, I do not know. But one thing I know, my Jesus is greater than this persecution. Yeah. And he will save me. That Esachu, he started to looking at me. And later on, after staying many days in the place, I, one day I said to the man, I said, enough. If Lord wants to kill me, he will rise up 10 Ache in this area. <laughs> and then he said, Ache, do you believe this? I said, yes. And then if he said, if you believe, you go out. I went and they started working, you know. Mm. So ministry started. Church started growing. And at one point, and not at one but quite often I pray, Lord, you bring persecution. So persecution is not to terrify somebody. But I have seen in my own life, persecution is to make me strong. Persecution mm -hmm. is to, you know, give my testimony boldly. Persecution is to, like fire, you know, give more energy to share the gospel. And we share the gospel, something happened. People accept Christ. And this mm. is how I have seen. Several persecution after 2000 had been happened to our locations in our area in various parts. 
and wherever persecution happened i have seen that church has grown church has grown in number so that is how actually sometimes i pray lord you bring persecution because if unless you bring persecution people will be not united people will not able to understand their biblical mandate to reach out people people will be not able to understand how to become bold how to share the gospel and those persecution have made my life to be strong and i mm. say that i'm dare enough to share the gospel at any place you know at one point let me tell you my father was threatened by local mla and mp they came and they were threatening to my father my father he said i do not know they said no problem if he is following let him follow but what we want not to do let him not share the gospel let him not speak when he speak people come to faith and this is what we have been watching <laughs> well brother you inspire me you have been such a blessing in my life and and i just i want you to know how much i love you and and how much i admire you and how much i want to be like you brother i got one last question i uh, i was wrestling with uh, a couple months ago some people asked me about fasting and praying about the coronavirus and for it to stop and and um so yeah of course we don't want to see people suffer and die but i said i also got to go back you know in january many many of us fasted and prayed that every people every place would be engaged with the gospel by 2025 and that god would raise up men like you and uh women that had that vision for every people every place the thing that god's really put on my heart is that many people during this virus may come to christ you know and so today um there are people who are far from god and you know a month from now they're going to come in the kingdom and they may be just like you and they may lead to a movement cuz all it takes is one person one church for a movement and then i think christians are being awakened i mean it's all it's shaken yeah. us and what lee puck said that really shocked me was cuz friends have said let's pray for a miracle for the coronavirus to end and what lee puck said is he said no recognized god already did a miracle he stopped the world every single nation has stopped and i thought wow i i didn't really ever thought about that cuz i remember the last several years you know you go well why can't you do this well i'm too busy i have no time why can't you go share you know why can't you be involved i'm too busy i have no time why don't you want to hear the gospel i'm too busy i have no time And so God's just removed some of the biggest obstacles we've ever had. He stopped the world, which is pretty miraculous. And so brother, what would be your encouragement to the body of Christ? What would you tell brothers and sisters in America, brothers and sisters in Europe, in Africa, the Middle <clears throat> East? Cuz now people in many places are doing four fields. People in many places um are doing movement, but it's not something new. It's 2000 years old. We've just gone back to what's biblical. but the big thing about movements movements leaders don't look like jim and i they look like you they're from africa they're from the middle east they're from asia they're not from america they're not from europe they're not from latin america so what would you do to encourage the brothers and sisters in christ thank you for asking this uh, question uh, let me start from the covid-19 because you started from there and then i will i will i will just share which might be encouraging to 
brothers in the states i was so shattered i thought lord what will happen you know brother jim he know we had planned to make double our target was lord this is where actually our role is something we can plan but plan is yours you know because i can do my role is to plan and god role is to make it possible and we plan to see another 2500 churches across in one year of time that was actually our goal and when corona virus came i said lord what is going to happen i just put my hand on head and i said lord what is going to happen we were so excited even last time we met and then even i spoke little bit on uh, local contribution if you remember and i said that if we would have thought much earlier on this we could have done much and you said that achi i think this is my fault i still remember and you know i said lord what what is going to happen i was not knowing but lord has his other way you know what i have found is that there is no doubt in this corona virus season when people are sitting at home one thing you know that people is started to find out other mean to share the gospel i was listening a story of my one of my leader whom jim he has already met and he was say, saying that i was sharing gospel over phone you know 14 people were sitting together at one place and i was sharing the gospel over phone out out of 14 people 12 people they accepted christ right there and that become a house church another leader was sharing that i was sharing gospel over phone and two people are ready to be baptized so this is how i have learned so be thought i thought because that is my actual understanding lord you know everything is gone because we are going to sit in the houses nothing is going to happen but it is not like that god has other way to work and i have seen that as we were moving we are moving even in the lockdown season you know lord is doing people are being baptized and then people are coming to faith another good things had happened let me start my own life i used to take one book i used to read one month 15 days you know i read from first corinthian to revelation i just finished in couple of days and you know some of the stories some of the thoughts i read i share brother jim every time i'm so excited to share that this is how i read so the people the leader my movement leader they said more dependency on the lord we started to discover from the bible you know earlier this meeting that meeting so busy that you know lot of business no time to even read deeply the bible but today you know people are asking sir did you read bible today my leaders they are asking this question to me they might be thinking that uh, i'm the senior than them but they are raising this questions so this is two things they started reading bible meditating finding solution in bible of their problems and the third things church people they really realize the importance of sabbath day you know the importance of church everybody used to call when lockdown is going to over you know 
every sunday actually i connect over phone i don't use zoom i don't use skype i don't use hangouts i use phone and over phone at least i can connect three four people and everybody from different place we will worship and then share the gospel testimony so this is how the corona virus has brought positive impact mainly in the life of the church today so i want to uh, encourage my brothers and sisters that god has his own plan but what he require is he require us to continue to labor i still remember that the disciples were not very intelligent you know they they had not so much of degrees but they were very diligent laborious they understood in a very simple way and you know they had heart for the people and they put into practice and this is what actually we are trying to the models will come tools will come and go but i think that whatever god has given if we are making best use of that things will happen transformation will take place people will come to faith because it is not our work it is his work and he knows how to do my work i think god knows better than we know how to do and what to do so i want to really encourage uh, uh, my friends you all uh, that uh, you know uh, let's be faithful obedient that is what i have learned and uh, at the end of my ministry when i want to say that i want to hear that jesus say that build on my servant this is what actually i'm long for to hear this is what i see that my leaders you know you have seen that they don't have good face they don't have signing faces they don't have good degrees they are simple ordinary man but when they share the gospel when teach something happen and i think this is what i want to encourage let us be obedient to the gospel luke 10 is still active in my life which was read in 1998 so this is how actually we take it we practice it and we do it and if be something we go one mile lord is willing to go extra mile this mm-hmm. is what i have seen uh, the movement in this place